Hey, listener, this is Eric Nordoff, and we are back with another episode of the What's Inside podcast with Ken Edwards. And if you've been listening, this is a series. This entire season is dedicated to Ken coaching me. He is walking us, me, and you as the listener through the process of what it's like to be in a coaching relationship with Ken. And today, we're going to be talking all about emotional intelligence. We review the emotional intelligence assessment results. There were some surprises in this one, one of them being that I didn't realize I was so impulsive. We talk all about it and what this means for me in this episode of the What's Inside podcast. What's Inside, discovering what you're made of and making the most of it with professional coach Ken Edwards, helping you understand your gifts, honing your leadership skills, sharpening your natural instinct so you can enjoy a more fulfilling life. So emotional intelligence is made up of five major categories. You have your self-perception, you have self-expression, interpersonal, decision-making, and stress management. And so this model breaks those each one of those five categories down into three subcategories that you're measured on. And then if you look at the next page at the top, it says the total EI, your total emotional intelligence. And if you think of it like... And you're 92, which is a good score. You have your standard deviation, which is 100. Mm-hmm. Then you have the, your plus and minus, plus one, minus one standard deviation mm-hmm. away. And then you, then you got two and three. Mm-hmm. Well, in IQ, plus or minus one standard deviation covers 68% of the population. And You're losing me. Okay. You lost me. I've gotten too statistical for you. Yes. All right. Well, it means that you're in the... Minus one standard deviation, which is in the normal range. Okay. And you're in their groups with most of humanity. Mm-hmm. I would I'm, say- I'm human. I'm part of everybody else. You are human. I have proof, <laughs> documented proof now <laughs> that you're a humanoid. Uh-huh. I mean, a human. And so what often happens, like I have a number of really highly skilled, successful leaders that score like a 70 on it, which is you know less than ideal. Uh-huh. But it's because, like I was saying earlier, that often they're so driven, they're hard on themselves, which drives their scores down. Mm. And I I know that you've done a lot of work, so this is a, a solid score, but we really want it to be 100 or better. And, and this can totally move, uh, like I mentioned earlier, that it's unlike emotional intelligence, which is kind of a static number. This one can flex and move as you give it attention, which we're going to do. So this is not emotional intelligence. This is what? This is emotional intelligence. It is. EQ, yeah. Okay. It's your emotional quotient. Quotient. Yeah. So IQ, intellectual quotient, EQ. Emotional um, quotient. But they often call it emotional intelligence. So why you see the, they kind of confuse themselves even here because you have your total EI. Mm -hmm. So just kind of walking through these composite scores, you have self-perception composite scores in 97, which is really solid. Self-perception is made up of self-regard, which is respecting oneself and confidence, Mm -hmm. which you have a 94. Once again, good Mm -hmm. solid score. This could improve. I would want this one to improve for you, but it's not where our focus is going to be during our work. 
uh, because we always want to look at, okay, what are the, I like to look at the three lowest scores. Yeah. Where can the biggest impact be made? And we'll get to that. And I got some low ones here. <laughs> well, yeah, you, you have you have some winners, you know. Uh-huh. Um, we'll get to that. Okay. So under self-perception, you got self-regard, which is 94 for you. Self-actualization, the pursuit of meaning and self-improvement, which you're such a big fan of and have yep. done a lot of. Mm-hmm. And then emotional self-awareness, understanding one's own emotions, which you're very good at. Your score is 103. Mm-hmm. I would have actually expected to be higher than that mm-hmm. because okay. you're you're a pretty aware guy and willing to say it, which under the next composite score, self-expression. So we go from self-perception mm-hmm. to self-expression is a 91. The first subcategory under that is emotional expression, constructive expression of emotions, 119. Very high. You're knocking it out of the park. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's your highest score as a matter of fact. And I'm not surprised by that because you do a good job of knowing what you're feeling and saying it and doing it in a pretty constructive way. It's not always going to be welcomed or be understood or... I'm not saying there won't be conflict, sure, but they won't have to guess at where you are because you're going to tell them. Got it. Assertiveness, communicating feelings, beliefs in a non-offensive way. This is one of your lowest scores. Yeah. In fact, I think it is your lowest. Yep. It's one of our winners here. Okay. So I just simply reach up here and circle it because this is where your tendency to please really comes into play. And so you tend to go soft here. And so... So your expression of what you feel may not line up with doing it in an assertive kind of way. Mm, that's so true. And telling people what you really want. And I was talking with a client earlier today. I was using my wife, Janet, as an example because she struggles at saying what she wants. And and when we were buying our new home year before last, we had to make a decision. I'm like, we got to decide. Do you want the house or not? And She's never done this in all the years of our marriage. She said, I want the house. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. And for me, that I didn't, that wasn't, she wasn't being selfish. She no. was speaking out of desire. Right. And as her husband, it set me free. And I'm like, let's go get the house. And, but the reason I'm sharing that with you is that you have a tendency to be reluctant to say what you want. That might be actually the very thing that sets people free in your life. Not to mention yourself. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So that's something that we really want to pay attention to is, honestly, this is part of why I'll ask you, do you need more money? Because I'm, I'm pretty sure that if you're suffering and had gone over budget in our podcast budget, <laughs> you wouldn't tell me. Right, right. <laughs> I just think you grin and bear it. I'm like, I wouldn't want you to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I have tended to do that. It's a little more complicated with me and you because we're friends. Right. Right. You know me probably better than the majority of people on this planet. Well, not even not the majority of my friend group. Um mm-hmm. so yeah, so it's different. Yeah. When you're mixing work with with friendship well, and relationship. Here's something I want us to work on together because mm-hmm. I already do it. I've got hats that I wear. Mm-hmm. And so right now I've got three hats with your name on it. Mm-hmm. I've got friend hat. I've got you're my podcast coach hat mm-hmm. that I pay you to help me. Right, right. Minimally. <laughs> <laughs> but then now I've got... The rates are going up, by the way. Good. I'm just kidding. They need to. Mine are going up too. <laughs> <laughs> but then I've got the coach hat mm-hmm. that I put on mm-hmm. and will engage you. So I've got three hats. And so it's like when I ask the question, do you need more money for this? 
I've just got my businessman hat on because mm-hmm. I value this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you need more money, I want to know it because I want to be sure you're taken care of. Yeah. And because I want to preserve that part of our relationship. Yeah. And <laughs> I just hit the cord to my earphones and it just jerked my head. I had to go see a chiropractor. <laughs> just teasing. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, no, no. I'll give you a longer headphone set I, next time. And no worries. <laughs> you need um, one of these. It's like stretchy, stretchy. Oh yeah, I need that. Give you the cheap ones. Yeah, so assertiveness, communicating my feelings, this is where pleasing really affects. This is no surprise to me. Right. Really. Yeah. Because it even helps me. Like if you get frustrated with something we're working on, I just need you to tell me. Yeah. Because um, I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. I can kind of, mm-hmm. I can either say it's going to take longer than I thought because of my schedule or I can go, okay, I'll double down and get it done. Right. If I find myself, not with you, but if I find myself with anyone mm-hmm. complaining yeah. about them yeah, to my wife and I didn't say it to them in a, in a kind, assertive way, right? that's a sign to me. Mm-hmm. That I need to address. Yes, it. That's a really great way to kind of dial into yeah. where you are with it. Yeah, yeah, I that's like good. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, independence is the third component of self-expression. So it's you know self-directed, free from emotional dependency. So here your score is low because I think sometimes you get caught in not wanting to disappoint or frustrate somebody, and so you wind up being dependent on what they think about you which keeps you from being independent because now you're caught in not just operating for yourself, but kind of operating for other people in your life. Yeah. Oh yeah. So true. Yeah. Another area of work. Yeah. That one I'm not going to highlight because it's not your second and third lowest, but it's one that we definitely want to pay attention to. Got it. And what's good is when we start working on the ones we are going to work on, that will have a tendency to rise too. Good. The third composite is the interpersonal. So, you know, how you're really relating with other people. This is a a good score. It's a 103. So it's a nice solid score because your first one, interpersonal relationships, mutually satisfying relationships, high. I feel mutually satisfied, Eric, in our relationship, (laughs) in our friendship. Yeah. And that's a 113 score. That's really, that is also very important to me because I want you to like me. Right, right. And so you have a lot of that. I know you do. Um, Empathy. Very strong. Yeah. The second one is empathy, Mm -hmm. understanding, accepting how others feel, appreciating how others feel. You can step into other people's shoes. You're really good at this. It's your second highest overall score at 114. Mm -hmm. So you hit that out of the park, which is going to be another one of those things that makes you a great coach. And then social responsibility. And this can mean a lot of different things, such as social consciousness or sense of being helpful. Honestly, I think this is where being an only child kind of bites you in the rear. Yeah, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Tell me about this. I'm curious about this. I mean, obviously, I'm grateful for the nice high scores and things, and I'm grateful that those things are in an optimal range. But Mm -hmm. we obviously always focus on the things that we need to work on. That's why we want coaching. Yes. Right? That's right. Yeah, people don't come in for coaching because things are going great. Right, right. You know, they're, they're struggling with something. And so here... This can mean a number of different things. One is being aware of what's going on with colleagues or employees or, you know, your community. It can also mean even kind of more globally in the world, what's going on is kind of being aware in a much larger way. But most often it's, it's expressed on in a way that's within your, your sphere of work and influence. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of paying attention to what's the, the load that everyone's, caring and 
How are they holding up? What do they need? It's yeah, just kind of being aware. I've had to really work on this personally too. This, and you mentioned, you tie it to my only childness, mm-hmm. where my focus and attention is generally not on the broader world around me or even what's in my area of influence. It's, it's me. Right. It's internal. Right. Part of it is, you know, having siblings, it forces you to learn how to share and how to get along when Mm -hmm. you don't want to and Mm -hmm. all the kind of typical sibling fights and stuff like that. And so kind of being isolated having two parents that love you, not that you didn't have conflict with parents, but it's a very different dynamic. Yeah. And so often only children really want their parent, want to please their parents. Yeah. Yeah. And because that's kind of their audience. Right. And so they have a lot of control and a lot of um, influence over me. Right. Right. Mm. And so when you're applying this to other situations, and I know you've grown here, but it's easy just to kind of think about what's going on in my world and what's, what's happening. It's very me oriented. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Good to see that. Yeah. And I would agree with it. Okay, good. I'm glad I had to wrestle with you on that one. Now we're really going to get into some stuff here too. Now the decision-making composite is low. Yeah. You have an overall score of 73. So problem solving, finding solutions when emotions are involved, mm. you have a 75. So you're a passionate guy. So if you get worked up about something, it's going to tend to blind you or skew what's going on. And you can draw a conclusion out of, being depressed or being angry or being a number of different things. Whatever the emotion Whatever is. the emotion happens to be. And there are no good or bad emotions. You mm-hmm. just emotions are emotions. It's what we do with them that make them good or bad, the result. So yeah, so this is a place where you really want to slow down and give yourself a little breathing room so you can be emotional and and kind of come back to what are the facts. In fact, I want to draw you another thing. I know you've seen this also before. You want to draw it on here? Yeah. Okay. I want you to be able to keep it. So I'm going to turn like this. And I think we may have gone over this in season one of the podcast. So what do we use our mind for? To think. Yep. What do we use our emotions for? To feel. Yep. And then our will we use to choose. Our mind is not any better than our emotions. I just tend to put the mind first. And, but our, we use our mind and emotions. I kind of think of them as like oxen that are pulling the cart of the will. So it's like these two things, and if we have a faith that's important to us, our mind, emotions, and our spiritual relationship with God inform our will, like where it's going to go or what we need to choose. But in our world, when we use our mind to think, we call that being rational. And when we use our emotions to feel, we call that being connected. But, and this is what you really need to pay attention to, is we can use our emotions to think, and we call that being irrational. And so if you're worked up about something and you start kind of using that to make decisions, now you're being irrational because you're using the emotion to think with, which is going to end in a bad result if you don't kind of apply the brakes. Now, I would say all of us do this in some way, but it's a matter of can we discipline ourselves to throw on the brakes so we don't do anything out of that place? Or we can kind of step back and process through it. Mm-hmm. Like if I have a bad day of work, then I just think I suck. It's a very irrational That's thing. irrational. I have off days, but that doesn't mean I suck. That's very emotional. And I have to kind of slow that down so I don't just, you know, go down the toilet with it. And if we use our mind to try to feel or try to manage our feelings, that creates disconnection instead of connection. And that's also another thing that we need to 
But that's not really my issue. My issue is no. the emotions to think. No. And once again, you, you're capable of doing that. It's just not what you're going to tend to do. Yeah. Yeah. And good. so being aware of that dynamic is going to be really helpful. So just kind of, once again, giving yourself a little time to breathe and engage will uh, really set you free. Reality testing. Uh, this is one of my favorite ones. It's being objective, seeing things as they are. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just simply going, is this right? What I'm thinking about or what is in, I'm encountering? Is that to like- To have the ability to ask that question and process through it properly. Yeah. yeah. Am I seeing it clearly or not? Mm-hmm. And once again, this is where using family members, a spouse- um, I don't do this as well as know, I would like to either. Right. Well, your score is okay. Mm-hmm. It's not great. Mm-hmm. And we would want to- Yeah. We want to see that on the other side yeah. of 100 for sure. But this is something that I fear children today aren't learning to do. Mm. And because they're not think they're not learning critical thinking skills, we've kind of gutted our educational system, mm-hmm. and so they've we're being robotic about education to hit certain scores and mm-hmm. markers mm-hmm. that appear to be education when we're not teaching children really how to think. They're not being challenged that way. Yeah, impulse control, resist or delay impulse to act, and so your score there seventy two <laughs> definitely. That's lower my than number one. two. Number one was number. One low, first lowest was assertiveness. Yeah. So tell me what impulse control means, resisting or delay impulse. Yeah. So it's a matter of, it's a form of what we were talking about on our little sheet here that I drew. It's a type of uh, irrational thinking mm-hmm. where you're, you get worked up or you feel something and then you, you make a decision to do something mm-hmm. out of that place that's impulsive. And it's the, you know, who, who sang the song, take this job and shove it. Do you remember? No. I don't either. I uh, want to attribute Merle Haggard, but I don't think that was him. It's that that thing. It's like, I'm so fed up. Just take this job and shove it. That's right. impulsive. Right. Instead of kind of thinking through, okay, what's the ramifications of that? I might actually need that income. You know, <laughs> It's like, I've got bills, you know, right, the creditors right. would be upset, you know? <laughs> so I think of it in, in those terms of, or, you know, going home, being upset and deciding to eat an entire pizza or a quart of ice cream or a gallon of ice cream, whatever. Those are kind of more obvious forms of impulsive acting. Yeah. But often, probably what I see the most in my practice are people that are being passive aggressive. Yes. Where they're upset about something and instead of just stating it and kind of head on, they do things sideways. It's Mm -hmm. a double standard of communication. Mm -hmm. So it's like your wife asks you to carry the trash out. You don't carry it out intentionally. Like it's a grudge. I'm not carrying that trash out because you asked me to do so. And then she's like, oh, you didn't carry the trash out. It's like, oh, I forgot. It's like, it's just dishonest. Right, right. And I don't know that you do that. I know we all do it to a certain degree. Sure. But I haven't been as observant of that kind of thing. But that's where you just want to kind of look and go, okay, where do I act out of emotion that I regret? Is yeah. It, oh, is, there's there's absolutely things that come to mind. And this is dead on. And I'm glad your coaching document told you so because mm-hmm. it it's dead on with with how I tend to get lost and not only do I think with my feelings I will act on the irrational thoughts right or irrational yeah because of the feelings you know what I mean so they're sort of interconnected these oh yeah this whole decision making and decision making is funny because I tend to be when I'm calm and I'm in a place of I can think and I give myself space to think, I can think 
I can usually get to the right conclusion quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like to make, I like to be decisive and make decisions. I don't like to be sitting there ruminating it. But that's part of the problem is I actually sh- should take a little more time mm-hmm. to slow down, like you said. Yeah. It's, there's no wonder why my favorite poem is a poem called Slow Down. Oh. Slow down. Don't dance so fast. Mm. And it, it makes me emotional every single time. Yeah. Because it's it matters to do that. Yep. I'm actually moving too quickly in the impulsive, allowing my feelings to make those decisions quickly. Mm-hmm. So it's they kind of multiply each other. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Yeah. yeah. It reminds me of a Jack Johnson song. I can't quite find the title of, but I'm going to look it up before tomorrow. Okay. That I love. Oh, that's a long title. I can't quite find the title. <laughs> oh, I see what you mean. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Where's that button? Uh, can't, can't get there fast enough. Um, yeah, but I'll find it because okay. it it's a song that I love, mm. but I, I feel very similar. Like it's uh, it, it creates emotion in me yeah. because of the truth of it. And everything on this page interrelates. Mm-hmm. So that's part of what the beauty of it is as you work on any one piece, it tends to move the others around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the final composite is stress management composite, mm-hmm. which your overall score is really good. It's a 98. Flexibility is one of your higher scores. Adapting emotions, thoughts, and behaviors. Um, it's a 107. So you do have a level of flexibility and if something goes awry. You feel it, but you're able to kind of float with it, move with it. Yeah. Uh, which is great. Mm-hmm. Your stress tolerance, coping with stressful, stressful situations is a 90. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want improvement, but that's actually higher than most people I see because most people are just so stressed all the time. Yeah. And they have a hard time coping with it. They don't right. have tolerance they, for they it. They don't know how to engage with that. Mm-hmm. So uh, then optimism. I mean, you're, you're an optimistic person. Um, you're a 96 on optimism. And interesting, um, I would have thought that would have been higher even. I would do too. And it could have some of that could have been what you ate for lunch before you took this. There's a lot of things that can impact it. Certainly the last two years, you know, during all the COVID stuff mm-hmm. is gonna impact this yeah. for all of us. And probably my nature of being kind of harder on myself than than I probably ought to be. Or Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I also suspect that over the years as you've matured optimism has been tempered with realism Yeah, a bit. Usually when you kind of hit into your fifties, you've had enough pain in life for, you're still optimistic. I'm still optimistic too, Mm -hmm. but it's like the sharp edge of optimism I used to have has been tempered a little bit. Yeah. The hurts and pain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Sure. So that's the overview of your results. Now what's fun is each of these composites on this page are color coordinated. So each of the subtopics have their own page. Wow. So you flipped the very first one, it's self-regard. But what we're going to do, we're actually going to flip down to the assertiveness page. Okay. This is where I start to get in a, a work zone. Yeah. There we are. Yeah. So as you're looking at this page, at the top, you see your overall score for this one, which is 70. Then it gives you a definition of what your score means which is unique to you. Then it below, it has your impact at work, both the emotional implications and social behavioral implications. So you want to read both of those. And then they have a section that's called strategies for action. So it's kind of your homework. So what I want you to do 
this is our, consider this an assignment. We'll come back to it tomorrow just to reaffirm it. Okay. But I want you to take your three lowest scores and read over these sheets and start working on some of the action items. And if some of them don't seem to be effective for you, let me know and we'll design some that will help. Okay. That are maybe a little better for you. At the very bottom of each of the page, they'll talk about balancing your EI, your emotional intelligence, because they want them to be balanced. And so here they're looking at assertiveness versus empathy because mm-hmm. that's out of balance. And so part of it is, and they'll, they'll talk about that for you. But when you get into balance, there's a more, you have a higher satisfaction of life. In fact, we're going to skip to the back because there's a section here, not quite all the way to the back. Let's see, it's page 19. We have a well-being indicator. So I don't know, it's been maybe 20, 25 years, Harvard started to study happiness and what are the components of happiness. And they uh, use you know some of that, overall research to develop this indicator, which you have an overall happiness indicator of 94, Mm -hmm. which is good. Mm -hmm. But if you look in the kind of the lower middle part of this page, they have these four sections, self-regard, optimism, interpersonal relationships, self-actualization. You want all these to come into balance. So we want the other four, the other three to grow, to kind of match your interpersonal higher score. This is not an average, as you can see, because you have a 94, 96, 96, and the 113 doesn't, isn't, 94 is not an average of that. Right. And so they have an algorithm they plug this into to get your happiness score. Okay. And, but I would read through that can be very helpful. That's really interesting. Yeah. And then the next couple of pages we won't use, but one is an action plan, which is really good to use if you're working on some behavioral change with employees that might be in trouble at work, mm-hmm. that you're doing a documented kind of discipline plan. And then there's the next page is a development commitment that you're getting people to sign off on. I don't use it in my work because I'm not in that business. Right. But um, but it's great for the workplace. It's, and if you're part of it. It can a, be really good for the workplace. Yeah, this is, really de- like, I can understand now why you said earlier that the EQ can be kind of little sensitive. It can make people defensive. Yes. And right? so typically when I'm working with a company that has hired me for their employees, I won't give them this. Mm-hmm. This is the employee gets it. I have it. A boss isn't going to get it because they don't know how to interpret it. They don't know how to read it. It could be you, They could damaging. really use it. Mm-hmm. Nick, you can weaponize this kind of thing mm-hmm. in a way that is not good. So you need to have a facilitator if you're doing it in a group setting that can manage the process and do some education to keep people from misunderstanding. Okay. Yeah. This is very interesting. I've never had anything like this, but it's very telling because I'm such an emotional person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this obviously uh, is very insightful to me to see. Yeah. No, it's it's a great a great evaluation. And it's one that we're going to use throughout the year, but you're going to use it more on the front end mm-hmm. as you start working on these things. Yeah. But the reality is when we do your goal setting tomorrow and break it down into actionable items, you're going to have so many action items that you won't be able to get them completed probably for two, three months. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's just the way that goes. That's good. Yeah. Oh, wow. Let's let's go for a walk. Let's go for a walk. Yeah. We're going to go for a walk, listener. See you later. For show notes and relevant resources mentioned in today's episode, and if you'd like to reach out to Ken to see if coaching is the right next step for you, visit ProvidentLeadership.com. That's ProvidentLeadership.com. 
please subscribe to this podcast and leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcasting platform. 